0: Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com.
1: I thought you were going to come out with some sort of milky white bosom (laughs) reference in this romance novel, but you didn't. Uh,
2: No. In fact, I think Faulkner's, in fact, I think his follow-up book was Milky White Breast to Hell. That was his (laughs) follow-up.
1: Because we all know Milky White Breasts lead to hell.
0: Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off, Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. At
2: first, she seems shocked at the manner in which he embraces her to teach her the latest waltz. Dum-dum-dum. In her first experience in the arms of a strange man, with his limbs pressed to hers, and in her natural modesty, she shrinks from so familiar a touch. When she raises her eyes, timidly at first, to that handsome but deceitful face, now so close to her own The look that is in his eyes as they meet hers seems to burn into her very soul. A strange, sweet thrill shakes her. Very being leaves her weak and powerless and obliged to depend for support upon the arms for which are pressing her in such a suggestive manner. But the sensation is pleasant and it grows to be the very essence of her life. That was a outtake. Is it an outtake? What is it when you read? Excerpt. An excerpt. From That's some an- romance novel? No. This is from Judson's Press, published in 1902 by T.A. Faulkner, entitled, From the Ballroom
1: to Hell. To Hell. To, to hell, hell. I thought you were going to come out with some sort of milky white bosom reference in this <laughs> Romance novel, but you didn't Uh, No, In fact, I think Faulkner's
2: in fact, I think his follow up book was milky, milky white (laughs) Breast to hell. That was his follow up.
1: (laughs) Because we all know milky white breasts lead to hell. All right. So
2: here I was minding my own business in 1976, 76, 77. And I was uh, the president of the student body of um of my high school. And before you get all that impressed, I think there's like 50 p- bodies uh, in the student body. It was a very it. very small school. Um, but this was Cisco High School out in West Texas. And have you ever seen uh, Footloose? Kevin. Seven Degrees Of. Mm-hmm. But in all of your, I know that you had this, I'm gonna watch the 100 top movies of all time and all yeah, that. Yeah, I mean,
1: and here, let me throw out my brag. I have made it through 75%, not even a hundred, of the AFI, American Film Institute's top 100 movies of all time. So of course, I have seen Footloose. Okay. Well
2: <clears throat> for those that um, people that are listening that are, you know, what they're so young, they're like zygotes
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and they haven't seen it. It's about a small t- town where they have uh, they bring in a dance. And the preacher in town goes crazy. Well, that was virtually a documentary of my life. Uh, After like 40 years of not having a dance in the city of Cisco, uh, we arranged that we're going to do this. So we get the armory and we WFAA radio in in Dallas has this. uh, Oh, this huge, you know, DJ and he's going to come out and DJ that it was a huge event. And you're putting this on. Yes, I'm the president of the student body, okay. and so uh, we do this, and it's you know it's uh, all the all the teachers are sponsoring and da, da 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 da. So it goes off without a hitch. There's no pregnancies, uh, and to my knowledge, there were no references to milky white breast okay. at, at all. Safe in, in the dance, and so but the next morning at First Baptist Church, my oh, I, my, oh my, pastor that I love more than life. Uh, brother Buddy Sipe, he leans over that pulpit <laughs> and he said, ladies and gentlemen, if we cannot provide more wholesome entertainment for our children than the lascivious dance and just went on and on and on and on and Was on. Was he pointing at you? At me. Because as youth, we sat up front to show so show support of the pastor. Mm-hmm. Well, that was back in a day when way too many churches majored on minors. Absolutely. They made huge deals out of things that were not that big a deal. And a lot of people were raised in churches that majored on minors. And today we're going to talk about in our parenting do we major on minors? Or another way, a kind of more popular phrase is, uh, choosing our battles.
1: Yeah, Kimmel in his grace-based parenting um, talks about, uh, one specific example he used um, was that of nap time uh, with, a, with a younger child. And this is certainly my paraphrase, so this is not verbatim. Uh, but he gives the example of nap time, and that if, if you have a kid, you're wanting him to take a nap, um, but this kid is 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 wanting to have a say, and you would prefer that he's in his room taking a nap in his bed um, with, let's say, PJs on. But this kid is 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 wanting to do it on his floor with just his diaper, um, and he's 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 and to be of, honest,
2: wouldn't we all rather sleep that way, seriously, absolutely, just on the floor in our diaper. <laughs>
1: let it rip i'm closer to that
2: actually than you are
1: well i'll be pretty close to it when you get there Mm -hmm. i'll probably will be changing that diaper probably you know what goes around Mm -hmm. comes around so you have this kid that that wants a say and most parents or a lot of parents rather will kind of go toe to toe with this kid Making sure that they do nap time specifically, how we talked about it and engineered, and have the vision for it in my head. And Kimmel's very clear in in and I th- I think genius in 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 suggesting that the goal in this was nap time. Um, that we've got to learn to kind of maybe pull, step off the gas a bit, allow the kid to have things, and ultimately his point is. Choose your battles.
2: I remember back in the day, Dobson telling the story of this lady that comes to him and says, oh, you know, my 12 year old daughter wants to shave her legs. And I just told her the blah, 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 blah. And he just said, lady, get the girl a razor and drop it and move on. Um, We as parents cannot fight every battle. We will exhaust ourselves, Run ourselves and ragged. rupture our relationship with our kids if we fight every single battle. We can't treat not picking up your towel in the restroom to shoplifting at Target. And if your head's going to explode because they left uh, uh, their socks, what do you do when they're shoplifting it? Where do you go from there if you've expended your, your emotional Hiroshima uh, at leaving socks on the floor? So we've, we've got to find a way to determine which battles are worth fighting and which ones we don't have to. And I'm telling you, sometimes it is a, it's a, it's a relief to some parents for us to be able to say, Hey, take a deep breath. You, you don't have to fight. You don't have to do all this. Um, so if we're going to ask parents, uh, to choose their battles, then we say, okay, then you've got to be able to determine what is a a battle that you don't have to fight and
1: what is an essential battle. Before we um, define a little bit of these essential battles, I think it's important to know that maritally we won't always have the same essential battles. Yes, I had, um, when this was couple years ago we our oldest is three but we were giving her a bath and she was able to stand in the bath for me bath time is fun we're playing we're enjoying our time and she likes to stand up who Mm -hmm. doesn't and for me
2: (laughs) i'm i don't like standing (laughs) anytime i cannot stand is a good time sitting yeah
1: um i'm right there i'm able to watch her make sure she doesn't fall hit her head and I remember distinctively, Katie, my wife, walking in and going, Ruthie girl, sit down. And I said, In my mind, note to self. In my mind. This is <laughs> this is now a new standard, right? This is an essential physical safety standard battle for for my wife. And so it became my essential. Uh, and then obviously, um, if, if it was a big enough deal for me, we would have gone back and talked about it and maybe redefined what is essential. But highlighting quickly, we're not always going to agree what essentials are with our spouses and being able to navigate that dance as partners is going to be really, really critical.
2: Okay. So if we're, if we're telling people that they need to choose their battles, determine what mm-hmm. is and is not essential. Okay then how do you do it? I mean, what are some standards by which you do that? And I think number one, as you just mentioned, you get with your spouse and determine what's essential.
1: These together. Yeah, you have to determine them together because you're going to have different. And obviously this is an ebb and flow thing that you're not going to be able to set set out year one of your child's life and determine every essential um battle that you're going to want to fight with your kids as they age. So this is going to be an ongoing conversation that's going to require empathy and grace and compromise um, because y'all are two different people. And ultimately, I do not have a monopoly on truth. My wife does not have a monopoly on the standard that she has for our kids. And I believe our kids are better for that using that using both of our perspectives and both of our truth i think our kids are going to come out better in the end for that Um, and so sitting down compromising and working through the essentials together is 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 huge so
2: growing up in our house can you remember what an essential battle was what was an essential battle growing up
1: Oh, uh, Lord, you're putting me on the spot. I mean, probably essentials like they would be in any others, but not talking back. Oh, here's an essential. Oh, that was one, yeah. I remember. So as a child, I'm less so now, but as a child, I kind of, I love to appease. A, a it was just make everybody else happy. I didn't really have a perspective. Um, I didn't have ideas of my own. If other people were happy... I you was, was happy. happy. Um, sweet Joshua. Sweet Joshua. Um, but I remember getting ornery at one point with mom and maybe thinking she was stupid for what she was saying. I think I probably said, I'm not going to dignify whatever question you had with an <laughs> answer or some sort of <laughs> snarky comment. Yep. And I remember, I, I think I probably could have seen the hair Stand up on the back of your neck. But you looked at me and you said, Don't you ever talk to your mom like that again? Um so obviously respect and not that talking sort of back, thing. those things were essential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um
2: okay. So get with your spouse. And I know this sounds so uh uh mechanical and um but it's it's really important. Yeah. Because this is going to cause conflict. And sitting down over a cup of coffee while the kids are at soccer or whatever, and having this conversation is worth the 30 minutes to an hour. Yep. I mean, if you spend 30 minutes to an hour just having this conversation, first off, you're probably going to agree on most things. And in those areas that you don't agree, the husband just says, okay, dear, and you move on. So... <laughs> on.
1: I'm not that was radio
2: gold. <laughs> but you've, it is it is so worth the 30 minutes to an hour to have this discussion to hammer out. In fact, it's it's really important for one spouse not to just dictate what all the essential battles are. Because if one spouse feels as though the other has just crammed it down their throat, then they're not going to enforce
1: it. Yeah, they won't enforce it at they all. They won't do yeah. it.
2: So coming to some agreement As to what battles we will and will not fight. And doing it at a time where everyone is lucid and calm is critical.
1: And we wanted to help you out by, since essentials are fluid and essentials are going to be different for every family, just kind of three uh, overarching umbrellas. uh, We wanted to to kind of help you guys out as far as maybe trying to figure out what some of these essentials are.
2: The first one being safety. Physical safety and emotional safety, Uh, those are no-brainers. Those are essential battles. Uh, (laughs) We're just not going to play in the street. Yeah. We just aren't.
1: And it's essential, but it's, for instance... Standing up in the bath to my wife, it was an essential thing. Yes. For me, it wasn't. So, this is an essential umbrella, but you, mm-hmm. each individual couple, has to Bring flesh this, to it. yeah, flesh this out and figure out what it yep. is for your family.
2: So, obviously, anything or um, uh, emotional safety. So you're not going to let someone, uh, another sibling, call somebody stupid
1: or a retard or some of those type things. I do not think you can use that word I, anymore. Really. It's 21st century America, Jimbo. Sorry.
2: Well, that's why I was saying it, that it was a derogatory statement or a a word. That's why I used it that way. Cannot say that. Well, I would allow my child to say you're mentally handicapped. (laughs) I wouldn't allow him to say retard. That was my point. Moving on. Okay. But emotional safety and another thing about physical safety is you wouldn't allow your kids just to wail on each other. So there's the safety issue of emotional and physical safety. Number two, if there is a clear biblical prohibition. Stealing. Coveting your neighbor's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of the Ten Commandments.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you do not want your twelve year old coveting with your neighbor's binoculars wife. <laughs> in your neighbor's backyard. Yes. If you if you got your four year old with with a telescope (laughs) looking at the Wyndham Hotel. What you you doing there, son? Put that being out of your mouth and answer me.
2: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Shh. Executive producer, put a sock in it. So, a clear biblical man. (laughs) So if there's just something, biblically speaking, that is, is obviously wrong, uh, you're not going to let our kids, we're not going to put a stamp of approval on something that is obviously contradictory to Scripture. And then the last one being a family norm. And some people may understand what this is and some people may not. <clears throat> but there are some things in a family to some families are very important and in other families are not important. Um, whether someone makes the bed or does not make the, there are some families that that is absolutely important. Um, growing up in our house was yes, sir. No, sir. Uh, open, we were laughing, um, because I know they know that you and I, uh, are father and son, but the executive producer, Billy Myers is my brother. So we just have just, wow. Myers cubed. Myers cubed in this room. But we grew up in a home where you would have a hair lip knocked on you if you did not say yes sir and no sir well, and what's yes interesting
1: ma'am. is that was not a big deal for y'all growing up it was a big deal outside of the home like you wanted us yes. to or if you were in other, trouble
2: uh, yes anytime you got in trouble yes <laughs> what yes sir all right now but um there are some families that that's very important and there's some families that, not that so family norms now a word of caution you can say anything you want to say is a family norm correct and that's kind of the you could just throw this blanket over anything you want to tell your kid not to do and say well it's our family norm no no not at all
1: yeah this third one while it's an important one to consider for essentials family norms is 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 a very flexible yes, one yes absolutely um for instance if i have a kid that's you know, 16 and on meth, I'm probably not going to make them make their bed every day. Um, And so this is certainly a flexible one, especially if you have a struggling team. Yes. And we wanted to
2: mention before we get out of here, the idea of if you have a child in crisis, then we do have to triage. I mean, all of these are sort of dependent upon, oh, okay, your kid's doing pretty well. But if you really do have a child that's in crisis, then determining... What is the most severe, and then working down? I mean, your battles are are absolutely be, would be different. Correct. Under those circumstances. But with
1: the biblical standard, whether it's the coveting or it's the stealing, um, one and two, the the physical safety, the the biblical standards, those are less flexible in yes, my mind. Absolutely. Where the the family norms is is kind of an ebb and flow thing. You're going to have. Some of them instituted while others at other times won't be.
2: Yes. Let us learn the lesson from T.A. Faulkner. And from the ballroom to hell, choose our battles.
0: Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox Evangelist, Julie lyles Carr. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. You know, it's the principle, love stimulates love. You know, the Bible says uh, we love God because God first loved us. That principle is true on the human level as well. Focus on loving. Then you can begin to request something specifically of your spouse, and in doing so, you teach them how to speak your language.